0: Well, amen, sisters. we are giving Brother Ray a break this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, uh, so good. Thanks for inviting me. Um, so good to be here fellowshipping uh, around the tree of life. And I don't know what you want to be when you grow up. <laughs> I want to be a man of God. I want to be a tree of life. Amen. Amen. Uh, may this aspiration drive us every day every morning, uh, to be a minister of life, a minister of the supply, a factor of life in the church, wherever you are. Um, That's what every local church needs, is little trees of life. Um, So, I don't know, some of you may have um, listened to this when Brother Ron gave it um, in the Memorial Day. But anyway, I'll give you my version. Um, I've processed it a little bit, and... um, yeah, I, I, I got so much help um, over the, 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 this conference and the conference we had at, um, at the Easter weekend. And, um, yeah, it's really the kernel of the kernel, this matter, of letting the Lord live in us and be ministered through us. Um, and so we become a different kind of person. Um, we become a life person. You know, I was enjoying a footnote this morning um, comparing the books of Judges to the book of Ruth. You know, so many famous characters in the books, book of Judges, but none of them made it into the genealogy of Christ. But Boaz and Ruth are there, Matthew chapter 1. What were they? Little trees of life. That's right. They were, they were people of life um, showing what God cares for uh, is for this matter of life. And so... Um, You know, this this equation will come out later in the outline. Um, But how do you become a minister of life? You need revelation. Mm -hmm. Plus. Sufferings. (laughs) That that, that was quiet. (laughs) 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 Equals. Ministry. So you might think this, this equation is for Brother Ron and Brother Ed and Brother James, all those brothers. Now this equation is for every brother and sister in the church life. Um, so do any of you have suffering? No, I'm going a, have a little suffering-free life. <laughs> No, we all have suffering. It's just, it's just part of the package of being a, a human being. Okay, but don't despair. You can turn your suffering into a ministry. What else do you need besides suffering? You need revelation. That's what you're doing here this weekend, okay? You're getting this aspect here. So it says if we have the right view with all our sufferings, we will become a little... Minister of life. Uh, and life will be so meaningful. Every day will have meaning. Uh, every day might be, you know, sprinkled with sufferings, but those sufferings will have a new meaning. Um, and so this ministry, you know, Brother Ron was saying, how this is what the desperate need is today in the Lord's recovery, is for ones to minister life. Uh, but you can't, it's not just an activity, the matter of ministering life. You, you have to be a person who's had the life constituted into you. It's like the Lord uh, inscribes the spirit of the living God into you through your sufferings, uh, and then what's been worked into you can be overflowed to, um, to some needy person. So anyway, this is a, a marvelous outline. Uh, it's got two main points, so that's quite easy. The first point is um, on becoming the reproduction of Christ as the tree of life. And the second point is as the, tr- as the little tree of life, uh, you will have a ministry of life. You will have a ministry of life. So let's, let's read this Roman numeral one all together. In God's economy, we are not e- So we actually become a reproduction of Christ as the tree of life. I'm sure no other Christian group has talked about this or even heard about this. Uh, This is is a revelation, a high-peak revelation. Okay, um, let me read you A. It says, God's intention is that all the believers in Christ become a reproduction of Christ, the God-man. So some of us read, God's intention is that all the gifted ones would become a reproduction of Christ. No, no. Sometimes the gifted ones, they look like a reproduction of Christ, but maybe they're not so much a reproduction of Christ because their gift kind of takes over. But imagine if in the church life, even just 50% of you were reproductions of the tree of life. Wow, what a, what a rich meaning you would have. Uh, what an uplifting uh for all the saints you know i i i meet in gordonton and yeah every lord's day there's some trees of life that come to the meeting and I always leave enlightened refreshed supplied um but it's like we need to increase the level uh of the life in all the saints uh to have all the all the saints realize that their god's intention is they would become a reproduction of christ um yeah, so, so Brother Ron says, um, this word is not just for the select saints, not just for, over, uh, for full-timers, not just for co-workers. This is a word for all the saints. Um, it's like, like the burden to fulfill Ephesians 4.16. You know, you've got the operation and the measure of, um, you've got the gifted members, the joints of supply, but you don't build the body without the operation and the measure of each one part. Yeah. So these, these parts need to have the life of the body, the life of Christ um, reproduced in them, that they could be the proper functioning members. Okay, let's read one, maybe this side, the north side. Do you want to read point number one? Becoming a reproduction of Christ
1: requires that we be reborn Spirit, and our soul.
0: Have you heard that before? <laughs> you need to unload. You know, we've heard this before, and we the regenerated in our spirit, we transformed in our soul, glorified in our body, praise the Lord, full salvation. But we, we need a fresh seeing. We need to realize this is where God is at in his recovery. He needs a people to get transformed in their soul. He needs a people to become the same as he is in their thinking. And so what they pray is what he's praying. What they're loving is what he's loving. Um, anyway, I'll endeavor to illustrate this uh, in a minute. Okay, the south side, how about point number two? Amen. So this is a a question of the riches of the divine life being dispensed into us and being experienced by us. Um, And uh, there's a... When the National Conference was going on, we had a brother's time with Ron, and he, he gave us some outlines. And one of the points... Oh, and one of the outlines goes like this. It says, the building of the church as the body of Christ is through the inner experience of the indwelling Christ. And he says, the key to the building up of the church is the inner experience of Christ. So what's the inner experience of Christ? Um It'll show you in point three. Okay, sister's on this side. Point three. In
1: order to define the revelation
0: of Christ as our model, we need to experience Christ as the one living in us, being formed in us, and making his home in our hearts. Right. So we need to experience Christ as the one living in us, being formed in us, and making his home in our hearts. Okay, um, and then, saints, on the south side, do you want to read four? As we become a reproduction of Christ, simultaneously we will lead Christ by
1: the bountiful supply of His Spirit
0: to yes. Amen. Okay, so we need the inner experience of Christ. And... What does the inner experience of Christ involve? I'll just put the references. Um, what's, what's Galatians 2.20? What's the key part?
1: That's
0: right. Christ living in me. That's right. So Christ, Christ living in us. Okay, then what's Galatians 4.19? Yeah. I groan and travail until Christ is formed in you. So Christ is living, Christ is formed. And then you've got Ephesians 3:17. What's Christ doing? Making his home. So what do we call these three things? This is the inner experience of Christ. So when you enjoy Christ in this way, being formed in you, living in you, making home in you, guess what? The body of Christ is being built. How how do you get that? What is the body of Christ? Christ, that's right. What is the body of Christ? It's Christ. So as Christ is formed in you, as Christ grows in you, as Christ lives in you, more and more you become Christ. You become the reality of the body of Christ. So you might have a busy day in the church life, doing this, doing that, but maybe nothing, of, nothing like that happens. And, and so... You know, Ron has lamented. He said, saints have been here for maybe four or five decades and they're still the same. They've been faithful in the church life. What's been the problem? That's right. They, they haven't had the, the right view. Um, and so, so for those who have seen this illustration before, Bear with me and forgive me, um, but I've I've got a lot of help from this this thing that happened to me a few years ago, or a lot, lot of years ago. This is one of the uh, key things that helped me get into the church life. Um, I broke my wrist playing rugby at pharmacy school, um, and there's a bone in your wrist called the scaphoid, so. If any of the doctors in the the congregation, I'm going to take a little bit of license here. So the scaphoid bone looks about like that. It's a bean-shaped bone. Okay. And then one of the problems in breaking your scaphoid is that um, it doesn't heal very well. It's it's the bone you break if you fall off your skateboard and put your hand down. Um, Anyway, so it's got a bit of a the blood supply coming in here. Um, but so I, I broke I broke it there and then I went to ED I was down in the lower hut at the time and a junior doctor just said oh no she we be right and gave me a, a chit for some physiotherapy to have, so you'll be right by next Saturday Just just do your physiotherapy, so anyway so I had physiotherapy on it all that week and then I played rugby for the rest of the season so then the next year I was back in Auckland at home and um, my father, who was a doctor, he he said, oh, let's send you for another x-ray. So he sent me for an x-ray. No, because I hadn't even had an x-ray. He said, let's send you for an x-ray. And sure enough, it was broken. Okay, but by then it had stopped trying to heal itself. So, so then you got these two bits of bone. Okay, so... Um, so what they did, I had to have an operation. They, they drilled a hole in my forearm radius and then scraped out some bone marrow and put some bone marrow in the middle there. Okay. Okay, and then they put a cast on it. Then every month I'd go back for a, um, another x-ray to see how it was getting on. And so I went back month after month and still the same picture, bone, bone. And you see a little bit of Barry Mary in the middle, and and I was just so frustrated uh, because normally you know I like to kind of keep fit in that. So anyway, but I couldn't play any more rugby, so I um, started running. I thought I'll I'll try I'll tick off a marathon off my bucket list, and so I started training for a marathon, and um, and then the next the next time I went back for an X-ray, lo and behold. There was there was a bit of union there, and then uh, finally the whole thing had become one bone. So, what's the moral of the story? Don't play rugby. <laughs> 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 um, okay. So, so this is God, and He has everything. Everything is in God, and this is us. But he wants to make us one with him. So everything that he has becomes ours. So we possess, you know, what his love we possess. Um, A lot of Christians, a lot of Christians get saved and they get born again. But God is still God and they are still they. And so Christ is in them. But is he living in them? Is he making home in them? Is he being formed in them? No, he's not. Because there's a lack of revelation. There's a lack of revelation. And so if there's a lack of revelation, there's a lack of exercise. Okay. So, but we've got a little bit of revelation. We realize God wants to make us the same as he is. So what is, what is in God gets expressed in us. So, you know, there's that verse, we've become near through the blood of Christ. Those who were once far off have become near. So hallelujah for the blood. We become near, but it's not good enough just to be near. We need to be fully mingled. Amen. We need to be fully one. So that's why we need those three things. He needs to, he needs to come and make home, make home in us. He needs to be formed in us. He needs to, you know, like Paul says. um, to the Philippians, I love you in the inward parts of Christ. So so God's love for the Philippians was actually in Paul. His God's inward parts became Paul's inward parts. What was the key in Paul's experience? What prayer did Paul pray that caused God Yeah, the spiritualism in revelation. you need that. What's the first part of that go like, Karen? That's right. Saints, this has helped me so much. So Ephesians 3, 16, 17? 16. So Paul prays to the Father um, that he would grant the, the saints, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power Through his spirit into the inner man. Saints, this is our inner man. This is where we have the joining with God. That's our spirit. It's a mingled spirit. But the Lord doesn't just want to gain our spirit. He needs all of us. He needs our soul. He needs our soul. But for that, he needs this part strengthened. He says, strengthen them into the inner man that Christ may get into their hearts. Christ may make home in their hearts. Um, so, uh, you know, the verse goes on It says that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be full of strength to apprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and depth. are, that you may be filled unto all the fullness of God. So basically, this carries out the purpose of God when God and man become one when Christ is formed in the believers. Then there's the fullness of God, the expression of God in its fullness. Um, but then what does Ephesians three twenty say? We all know Revelation three twenty, but what about Ephesians three twenty? To him. <laughs> Who is able to do super abundantly above all you could ask or think according to his, his power which operates in us. So it's interesting, you know that verse 16, it says, Father, strengthen them with power into the inner man. And there's a... Um, what do you call it, a cross-reference that goes from the power in Ephesians 3.16 to the power in verse 3.20. So we might think we're hopeless cases. Are we all hopeless cases? Yeah. But he's able to do a super abund- above all we can think. But surely, no, nah, not me. I can't be a little tree of life. But it's not according to us. When we pray, Lord, strengthen me with power. You pray that every day. This power will operate in you and do super abundantly above all you can ask or think. So you'll start to get the thoughts of God. Instead of thinking about yourself, you'll start thinking about the saints. You'll start considering one another. You know, in, instead of just kind of um, going around home with a long face, there'll be some joy in your emotion. My wife asked, no, not, she didn't ask me. The, um, I got up in the morning, there's the dishes, you know, piled up. And it was, my, it was Friday, it was a holiday, Friday. This is a holiday. Anyway, um, so I went and did something. I had a bit of a morning revival. And then I just felt, oh, I feel like I can do the dishes. So it's like the grace, the grace of God became the grace of Peter. How about that? So this can be our experience, saints. What is in God can get into us, make us a different person, super abundantly, above all we can even imagine. So, saints, this is the track we need to be on. Don't say, woe is me, woe is me. Just believe the Lord wants to make you a little tree of life and just pray every day, Lord, strengthen me with power into the inner man. And this matter of sufferings, um, maybe we'll talk about it in the next point because it's all about um, the breaking of the outer man. But um, anyway... How do you go through sufferings? You've got to be strengthened into the inner man. And even we need to pray for one another. Lord, bless sister so-and-so. She's just looking so sad. She needs to be strengthened. She needs what's in you to get into her. It's like that. If, I'd, if I was going to sing a hymn this morning, I was going to sing 10.50. Anyone know what that is? Is it 10.50? or 11.50. No, what? Have the life of God? Yes, have the life of God. What? Have the joy of God? Yes, have the joy of God. So you've got God there, you've got us here, but we can have the joy of God. We can have the grace of God. We can have what is in God, the forbearance of God. we just got to be strengthened with power, inter in a man. So this is where the exercise comes in. It's not a passive thing. You don't get saved and wait and become a God-man just by the wave of a magic wand. You have to exercise. Pray, Lord, strengthen me. The Spirit is the key. The Spirit is the key to pray this prayer every day. I know you might think the Lord will get tired of you praying that prayer. No, he won't. Ron said this prayer is the most crucial prayer concerning our spiritual experience in the New Testament. You want to have spiritual experience? Start praying this prayer. Don't, don't, don't worry if it sounds like it's getting old to you. Uh, it's not old to the Lord. Uh, but we do need a fresh seeing of why the Lord needs us to pray that prayer. Amen. Because if our spirit is strong, even when the sufferings come, you know, the long faces come from someone else that's close to us, they will be, will be strengthened just to kind of uh, let the Lord in to our heart in that area. Um, so, you know, may, may, may we have a morning that starts off by being strengthened with power. Amen. And then by the time we go to bed that night, more of Christ will be in our heart. Amen. We'll be the more, more the same as he is. And, and Ron lives under this light. You can tell all the time. He's often saying that, isn't he? Lord, when I go to bed tonight, I want to have, may I have more of you. May I be more like you. May I be more the same as you are. We need to have the same prayer. It's not just for Brother Ron. All of us need to be the more the same as he is day by day. Be on a quest. Be on a kind of a line. This is, this is my goal. I don't know how many years you've given me, Lord, to go, but, Lord, make every day count to become more the same as you are. Imagine if we all got on this line in a year's time. They'd be, they'd be shining. There'd be, yeah, there'd be a glorious church life. So um, we're on to B. Let's just read B together under Roman 1. In Genesis 2.9, the tree of life was unique, but the tree of life has been planted into us and is growing in us, causing us to become a small tree of life. Amen. Causing us to become a small tree of life. Um, down here, eight ninety one in the hymn book. What, what uh, well, that must be a yeah that's okay anyway let's let's have a look at um, now becoming the ministers of life let's read Roman two together as a reproduction of Christ as the tree of life we have the ministry of life so what kind of ministry yeah <clears throat> so these are these two verses we read uh, five 6, sixteen about praying for a brother you see sinning, uh, that you could give him life. You could give him Zoe life. Uh, and then Second 2 Coloss- Corinthians four twelve, 12, um, death operates in me, but life in you. Um, so we need to be those who are happy to have death operate in us, that we could be the ministers of life. I guess this gener- um maybe the north side re- read point A there. Amen. <clears throat> so, you know, prophesying isn't just a kind of a skill of, you know, preparing something like a speech. You're going to give a speech, so you prepare it well and you give it, you know, that, that may, you know, sound good. But actually, um, we need to have uh, the experience of eternal life that we could minister this life uh, to, the, to the other members of the body of Christ. Okay, um, Saints on this side, uh, point B. The of life is to be life. When we have a surplus of life, we can
1: minister from the to others.
0: Saints, we need a surplus of life. I don't know how many of you have a job um, and whether you're so full of life that you overflow to workmates and colleagues without being obnoxious. There are there any good testimonies out there of ones who have got workmates saved? But I, I I realize over my working years, I've lacked the surplus of life. I normally wait till the. They all kind of know I'm a Christian, but there's not much kind of overflow. And so normally I wait till the last, the week I'm leaving, and then I start to. <laughs> like one time when I was leaving a place, in, when I was working in Anaheim, I, I actually gathered all the good customers that I got to know well and invited them to my house and they all came for a, for a supper and a cup of tea. And then I gave my testimony and then we went home. Um, and that was my surplus of life. Um, <laughs> so it would have been much better to have started seven years ahead of that and, and by then and I might have had someone added to the church. Um, but anyway, um, not easy, but it needs to be an aspiration in us. Uh, Lord, give me a surplus... Uh, and then um, I re- recently left another job in Tiamudu. And um, I thought, Lord, how do I, how do I speak to them? Anyway, I wrote them all a poem at the end when I left. We had a little kind of supper. And um, I wrote them a poem, each about each other employee, kind of a verse about each one. And then I said something about it was real lame. It was something about, you know, <laughs> if life gives you a hard time. Uh, you know, maybe you should give God a try kind of thing. said <laughs> uh, so that was my gospel. But, but anyway, yeah, I just realized we just need a surplus. Without a surplus, it's very hard for us to affect others. Um, and for those of us in working situations, you know, we spend a lot of our life in our workplace, um, and a, a lot of our life in different places it 's not so easy to maybe get out and knock doors, but it um, seems like there needs to be more of a way uh to to be effective where where we're living whether it's in our neighborhood, whether it's in our um in our workplace. a um, brother told me a story yesterday. he said um, there was a brother's house, and um these these brothers you know had a good good living and clean living, no parties and all that. And then after a while, they moved. And then this other brother talked to the neighbors. Um, and this neighbor was talking about the brothers in this brother's house. He didn't know they were brothers. He thought they were Mormons. He said, oh, yeah, those Mormons were really well behaved. And so maybe they didn't have the surplus of life either because the neighbors didn't find out that they were lovers of Jesus. He just thought they were good Good upstanding gentlemen and Mormons, so anyway, uh, I think we 're all a bit guilty of this um, but if we if we have this kind of exercise every day, I think eventually saints we 'll get a surplus. we 'll surprise ourselves uh, so yeah, may the Lord um, really kind of keep us on this line okay, um, saints on the side, point c. Saints. Amen. Amen. How about that? The service in the church is a life ministering service. Well, no matter what we're doing, we need to be on the tree of life. We need to be on the tree of life. Um, okay, saints on the south side, number one.
1: We need to be impressed with
0: this point and look to the Lord that our service will become an outlet for his life. Amen. So you've got John Ten Eleven Twenty Five here. Um, this is another sad story. I, um, I had a workmate when I was working in Anaheim in the pharmacy, and he had a super stressful day on the Friday. This customer tore strips off him about something. Anyway, on the Saturday, when he was mowing his lawn, he had a stroke and, and went, went unconscious. They took him to hospital. So I went and visited him, and I, and I read John 1125 to him. Christ is the resurrection of the life. He believes in him. Even if he should die, he should live. I should have said it to him while he could still get it. Anyway, he did pass away. Um, so I felt, wow. But anyway, um, this, this matter of um, we need to be impressed with the point um, to look to the Lord that our service would become an outlet of his life, Amen. and so if our service isn't an outlet of his life, we we need to get concerned. Lord, what about my, my service? It's just a, it's just a bit routine. It's just a bit kind of stale. You know, when we're the morning revival on those five um, people in um, Samuel, those five to teach us those lessons. Um, you have Eli, Samuel, Jonathan. Saul, David. Guess what? who was the most popular one? I don't know what you thought, Anita. I think Eli was the most popular. Because <laughs> everyone can relate with him, well, not relate with him, but relate with what he suffered from. He was, he was stale. He was old. The priesthood was waning. We could all identify with a waning priesthood. Um, whereas Samuel, he was, he was one with God. He had God's heart. God's thought had got into Samuel's thought. He was a different kind of priest. Um, So we need to have a service that supplies others with the divine life. Um, Okay, so, saints over here, point number two the life that we supply. Amen. So you see, everything comes out of our spirit. We need to be spirit-centered people. Okay, A says, if we would supply the saints with the life, we must release our spirit, for the divine life is in our mingled spirit. If our spirit cannot be released, the divine life has no way to be released. Amen. So I watched you all on Zoom last night. There's a bit of release of the spirit. So what was the, What was the secret? Touching Jesus. <laughs> Touching Jesus. Yeah, you guys were on the Tree of Life. There was just a, a, an eating that produced uh, a kind of an overflowing uh, and a, a release of the spirit. Marvellous. of um, Okay, over the page on my page, anyway. Um, It says, if we would live as the reproduction of Christ, as the tree of life, we need to be deeply impressed with the necessity of being able to minister life. Um, The service that God wants from us does not focus on doing a work but on ministering life. So in order, this is point two, in order to minister life to others, we need to be joined to Christ, abide in Christ, and give him the ground in us to fill us so that his life, na- nature, likes, and inclination become our life, nature, likes, and inclination. Um, so, so what is in God becomes, gets into us, and then we have a way uh, to, to minister it. So, um, you know, how, how do you get to cooperate with God uh, to become a minister of life? Um, do you to read, let's read all point E together. To minister, minister life, to life is to have is the outflow of life. Of life. Our, Our service, service
1: is flowing out to life. Life.
0: So life is the content of God and the flowing out of God God's content is God's being. And God's flowing out is the impartation of himself as life to us. Okay. So like that hymn we saying, from my spirit within flows a fountain of life, the trying God flowing in me. Okay. <laughs> but then the next point, um, well, we can maybe have a bit of fellowship. It says, in order, should we read this together? In order for life to be released from our spirit, our
1: heart of must be dealt with and broken.
0: Any hallelujahs on that one?
1: Hallelujah, hallelujah.
0: I was asking my daughter yesterday, how do you talk to sisters about um, having been dealt with and being broken? Um, so, Uh, Yeah, obviously I'm not a sister, so I I don't know what will break you and deal with you. Um, But I'd just like to maybe show some examples, maybe from the Bible, um, of sisters who had a ministry um, and sisters that were a type of the church. So the first one I thought of was Rebecca. Rebecca. Who did Rebecca marry? Isaac. So who found Rebecca for Isaac? As a servant, his name was Eliezer. Okay, so he went to the back to the land where Abraham's uh, relatives were, and he's, he kind of I'm not sure if he said it in his heart, he said it to the Lord, but he said, Lord, whoever you know, he had been on a on a long camel trip, ten camels. And whoever says, um, can I get you, uh, gives me a drink, but not only gives me a drink, gives my camels a drink, she'll be the one. And this then Rebecca was there. So he came up and said, can I have a drink? What did she say? No, get out of here. (laughs) I was really um, impressed what she said. Obviously, there was no COVID at that time. Um, so this is, the, and of the servant, ran to meet her and said, please let me sip a little water from your pitcher. And she said, drink, my Lord. And she hurried and lowered her pitcher on her hand and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. And she hurried and emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran again to the well to draw water, and she drew it for all the camels. What do you think? That was her ministry. So her life had prepared her for that time. So her attitude was so lovely. Not thinking of herself. Even she initiated extra work for herself. Uh, she was the one. So obviously she had been dealt with uh, in, in herself. Herself had been subdued, had been broken. And so she was the right one who could marry uh, Isaac. Um, so it doesn't, we don't know about her sufferings in her life, but anyway, she had a ministry. Uh, and her ministry uh, brought her into a union with, with Isaac. So then you've got um, Ruth. Any suffering there? Mm-hmm. A lot of suffering. Mm-hmm. A lot of suffering. So where's our equation? Okay. So with, with Ruth, definitely it was revelation, wasn't it? Um, and definitely there was suffering. Now, she lost her husband, and she was a Moabite, so she was a bit of an underdog wherever she went. You know, she'd kind of be looked down upon. Um, But she had the revelation, wherever you go, I will go. And and I think she was kind of like broken in her natural life. And so she was so obedient um, to uh, Naomi and so kind of cooperative. Um, So when when Naomi was trying to, you know, kind of arrange things with Boaz, he told her to go to the threshing floor and when he goes to sleep, then you can sleep at his feet. How would you like to take that fellowship? (laughs) Anyway, she said, all that you say, I will do. You know how, what the Bible calls her? It calls her a worthy woman. So, you know, all these experiences of the suffering, we don't know how she got such a revelation, but she, she was able to minister, minister to Boaz, minister uh, to become a worthy bride for that kind of noble man uh, as a type of Christ. Um, And so this is the kind of wife the Lord wants. Some who've had suffering, but not just fought it in their old man, have submitted to God's arrangement. Uh, You know, when my daughter got married this year, um, being the father of the bride, I took some liberty to give a little talk.
1: Um,
0: I said, yeah, you're not marrying... Mr. Perfect, uh, Mr. Perfect, you're marrying Mr. Right. So he's, you know, everyone thinks they're marrying Mr. or Mrs. Perfect. There's no such person, but they, they are the right person. And so, you know, one of the problems of society, you know, romance is such a huge thing. Everyone's clamoring to find that, that 10 out of 10 partner, but they're not out there. And so they just have to move on and move on. But if you've got this vision (laughs) engagement ring, wedding ring, suffering, (laughs) is that but you've got the you've got the revelation. You've got the revelation. God has given me this spouse. And maybe he's not such a hero as I thought he was, but that's okay. That's okay. I've got the revelation. You just want to spend time working yourself into me for the rest of my days, you know, no matter uh, how my husband is, whether he meets my expectation, whether he doesn't. And so that's why it's so good as a Christian couple not to focus on one another but to focus on Christ. Get, Get more revelation since that's what we lack. You know, we get a suffering and we don't see what God's view is. And so... We just, you know, kick and scream and, and manipulate until we get out of the suffering. Um, and so anyway, um, yeah, it's a marvelous thing. Um, and so it's, it's marvelous, even before you get married, to observe your prospective spouse, whether they've, what they've done with their sufferings in their, in their life. Have they become strong in their old man? Or have they become more open to God, more more one with Christ in their heart? Um, and, and that kind of person will be able to live with you in marital bliss. Okay, then you've got um, Abigail and David. You might know recently some fellowship on Abigail and David. I call my daughter Abby, but I, I was saying, can I call you Abigail now? I think I like you. Uh, I, I'm a fan of Abigail. Yeah, she... She was great. She had a revelation. She saw, I'll tell you what she said. Um, she said, this is, she comes to David. She's married to, what's her husband's name? Nabal. Which means she was married to a fool. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a suffering? <laughs> but anyway... She had a revelation. She had the suffering and she had the ministry. And this is what she ministered to David. She said, please forgive the transgression of your female servant. Very proper. For Jehovah will no doubt make a sure house for my Lord because my Lord fights the battles of Jehovah. She had the revelation. This, this is going to be the next king and your fighting is fighting the battles of Jehovah. Okay, so um, her... Her situation caused her to have the wisdom, have the discernment, have the, the real kind of way to save David from making a real big mistake. You know, he he just wanted, because Nabal, for those who don't know the story, Nabal's land, you know, it was quite prosperous. David was kind of overseeing, you know, his kind of lot, um, just kind of out of the goodness of their hearts, and um, then wanted some provision from Nabal, and Nabal said, nah, nah. Um, And so David got so mad, he was going to take his men and deal to Nabal and and his men. And so um, Abigail came and said, this this is going to mar your reputation. When you become king, you'll have this on your conscience. That won't be good. And that touched David. Yeah, you're right. Imagine talking to the king. You know, and trying to stop him from doing something. This, this, is, this is kind of a ministry that was formed through the revelation and through her suffering. And so she, a crisis was averted. And in the end, even just when Abigail told her husband the news about David's men and he, what had happened? His heart became stone. <laughs> I'm not sure that what happened, but anyway. And then 10 days later he died. So David didn't have to do anything. But anyway, um, and then Abigail became the wife of the king. So her ministry brought her into uh, a union with the king. So, saints, this is the ministry we need to endeavor in our daily life, our human life, all the sufferings. um, Because, you know, you're a single sister, you're burning, attending all the conferences, you get married, you've got Prince Charming, but then... You've got all the responsibilities of married life. Babies come along. Life changes drastically. You can't go to meetings. You can't uh, travel. What do you do? Just dig a hole and wait twenty years and resurrect and come back to the church life? No. Maybe it's a suffering, but sisters, you've got to stay under the revelation. You know. Um two or three years before I came back to New Zealand. I came back to New Zealand in 2000 with my family, and I, I was suffering. I, it was my, Maybe it was self-inflicted, but I was working seven days a week, I would, but I'd listen to messages on the way to work, on the way home, and I'd get to the prayer meeting. That was the only meeting I'd get to. Uh, I'd, just, I'd get there late, but I'd get there. Anyway, it's like the suffering was going on, but the revelation was, was fresh. Um, and then... Brother Ray visited Thanksgiving of 99 and said, what about coming back to New Zealand and helping us at the training centre? And previous to that, my wife was not for going back to New Zealand. I brought her to New Zealand for a honeymoon, thinking she'd fall in love with the place and want to stay. She said, nah, that was a nice place to visit. Let's get back to America. So anyway, so, but three children later, um, she was open. And so... Yeah, so the year 2000, we, we moved back uh, in May 2000, and I found myself in the training centre. What was I doing? I was, I was having to minister. So I don't know how well I ministered, but anyway, what the preparation was quite fitting. There was some suffering, there was some revelation, and there was some subduing of myself. There was some kind of dealing with my heart, and so... Um, yeah, I felt like, well, maybe maybe I'm ready to, to go back to New Zealand. So so anyway, so those hard human experiences, don't let them be wasted. Don't let them just kind of come and go and nothing gets worked in you. Stay stay under the revelation. Stay under the revelation. That's what's so good, to to get the ministry from the, the feasts, to get into the morning revival, to get into even prepare maybe how do you prepare for the Lord's Day? Even get Because there's a big difference between just enjoying for yourself and enjoying to minister on the Lord's Day. Have a go at prophesying at least once a month. Um, and so that point gets into you and becomes revelation to you. So anyway, saints, um, so crucial to have the revelation fresh. We need it. We need it. It's like the Lord, you know, has had 2,000 years of church history Why hasn't he come back? Tell me, why hasn't he come back? Because the church is not built. Why is the church not built? It's because there hasn't been the ministry until 100 years ago to produce, to build a church. No one's realized that the Lord's prophecy, Matthew 16, 18, actually will be fulfilled. And even if they thought it should be fulfilled, no one had the way because there wasn't the ministry to produce the building up of the body of Christ. But now we have it. The revelation is there, so it needs a group of people to come under that revelation. Then they have a certain kind of living. Maybe there's suffering, but this revelation gets worked into them, and they become a certain kind of person. They become a living member of the body of Christ. Uh, they become a different kind of person, not just a They're not just a Christian where God is God and they are they, and they are endeavouring to glorify God in their natural life. No, there's the mingling. Everything's been worked out for the mingling. And then the last couple I was wanted to touch is Shulamite and Solomon. Shulamite and Solomon. Um, You know that that song that says the Bible is a romance? Um, One of the stanzas is this romance is the finest as seen in Song of Songs for her beloved's kisses, his seeking love alongs. Love's work in her produces no person of her own, but she becomes a city, her person Christ alone. So it's like the Shulamite, in the end, didn't have her person. Christ was her person. So she denied herself, she took another person. So she had this experience of the breaking, the dealing with the soul the breaking out of the outer man. And so she, she had another person. Uh, she looked like the Shulamite, but she had the person of uh, Solomon. So, um, yeah, may we all not shy away from this matter of the breaking of the outer man. The Lord, The Lord needs to do it. You know, after he gave us the revelation of the church in Matthew 16, you know, Peter said, Peter made a, you know, said that thing, oh, God have mercy on you, Lord. You, you, won't, you shouldn't go to the cross. He says, get behind me, Satan. And then he said, unless you deny yourself, take up your cross, um, you know, you've got no way. So this matter of the cross, you know, we need to get to the point where we, we, we really love the cross. I, what helped me through that hard time in the nine, late 90s Brotherly's um, crystallization study of the Song of Songs. The lover, you know, is typified as a wild, wild horse in the first stage. The second stage uh, is entitled Delivered from the Self by Our Oneness with the Cross. And, and the lights just came on. Wow, delivered from the Self by our oneness with the cross. The more we can join ourselves to the cross, the more we can get delivered from ourself. Because the self, It's just like a landing pad. Satan just has a field day when our self is is exposed, our self justifying, our self um, kind of vindicating. The self in the church life is just the landing pad for Satan. So um, if we can be those who identify the self, deny the self, Satan, his ground in the church life uh, gets taken away from him. So, um, okay, so then... Let's have a look. Um, we're on 2A. Sisters on the left side here, do you want know, to read A, if our outer man?
1: And
0: the saints on the other side, B? So again, we see that reference, Ephesians 3, 16 or 17. It appears three times in this outline, just showing how crucial it is in the process of becoming a little tree of life. We, we, this is indispensable, this matter of Christ moving into our heart. Okay, 3 says, having the outflow of life requires that we be one with Christ in his life-releasing death. This is to, this is to be identified with the smitten Christ Typified by the smitten rock, so yeah, it, it's a safe place. If we can identify with the smitten Christ, typified by the smitten rock, um, you know that that hymn that says all the way to Calvary. Where my Savior went, one of those one of the verses says, "It's not hard to die with Christ. When His in life, you know, it's not hard to bear His sufferings. When our hearts with joy overflow." By his resurrection power, he has come to dwell in me. And my heart is gladly going all the way to Calvary. So you have to be uh, in this mindset, just realize the Lord just wants to take us to Calvary with him. Not with, a, not with our claws, you know, going down the carpet, but all the way to Calvary with, with a happy heart, you know, it's not hard to die with Christ when there's risen. Life, you know, it's not hard to bear our sufferings when our hearts with joy overflow. So when there's the resurrection life in our heart, it, it's and the vision uh, of God's economy, uh, there's a, a, a happy amen in us. Okay, so um, where do we get to? Three A. Okay, let's the north side read A.
1: The
0: is the of the you know, I love that picture in Revelation. You've got the new Jerusalem, okay? What are the gates made of? How do you get a pearl? So the, the pearl is the entrance to the new Jerusalem. So that's where people can get into the city, okay? Okay. So how do you get a pearl? You start with a bit of grit, ugly grit. It falls into the oyster. Christ. Then what happens? How many years of secretions? Lots of years. Okay, what comes out? Quite lovely, eh? And so this is is quite an attraction. It's like, you know, it says here, um, when we are one with Christ as the smitten, what the divine life as living water flows out of us. So if we're this kind of person, one with the smitten Christ, we'll be an attractive person. We'll be like a pearl. We're in the death water. We're having the secretion around us. We're not aware. We still think we're a bit of grit. But actually, there's something in us that attracts people. And that attraction can bring ones, you know, into the New Jerusalem. So that's... That's the best way to be beautiful, sisters. Stay in the smitten Christ. Let those secretions kind of wash over you day by day. Um, Okay, uh, the south side on B. Amen. And then together, if we are one with the smitten Christ we will experience the crucifixion of the natural life. And then as Christ's divine life flowed out of the water through the smiting of his human life, we also will experience the flow of water through the
1: smiting of the natural
0: life. Hallelujah. Okay, and then this last point uh, is quite is quite you know, meaningful as well. Um, I'll read it to you. It says, if we would minister life to others, we need to be aware of the attack upon the church by death, the gates of Hades. Ron has quite a burden on this point, um, particularly in the meetings when saints can come to a meeting and bring death into the meeting, even in a kind of a spiritual way, maybe just praying, praying, praying. He's, you know, he's told the story about telling his sister not to pray anymore. I don't know if any of us brothers would have the boldness to do that. But anyway, um, you know, I, I have experience in meetings that are, are a bit dead. Some have been in life and have risen up to speak something and to minister something. It just changes everything. Sometimes a person might give a testimony which is kind of off. All the saints realize it's off. But we don't rebuke or tell them, you know, that was off. We just let them sit down and then we just swallow it up with life. So I need some saints to be in a position. It's quite good. A few weeks ago, or a few months ago, there was a new one in the meeting, and we were on the blood in the Lord's table, and it just seemed right that some would stand up to share about the blood. And and some did. Uh, kind of an enlightening way for this new one, and it's like life kind of flowed out at the right time uh, to minister to this, this new one who was, you know, not that um, acquainted with, with the, the symbols and, and that type of thing. Um, so this matter of being kind of conscious of life and conscious of death and being able to inject something into the meeting or into a, a situation that could minister life Um, Yeah, I remember Ron saying how one time in a a fellowship before a meeting, a brother said something to him and it just ministered death and he had to get up and speak and he said it was so hard. Um, So I don't know um, if your sisters have any experience of quenching death, um, but at least we need to have the sense of life and death. In our, in our meetings corporately, uh, and even in our own situation. We do something and there's death. The gates of Hades are getting opened. We need to, to realize and, and close it. Um, so one says, what is of God is characterized by life, and what is of Satan by death? In the church, everything that issues from God is life, and everything that issues from Satan is death. So if we become people on the tree of life and as the tree of life, death will be much more evident and there will be a way to address it. Satan's greatest fear with regard to the church is her resistance to his power of death. Wow. The eternal life within us can overcome death, both in ourselves and in other members of the church. So as a reproduction of Christ as the tree of life, we need to experience eternal life and minister this life to others by being a channel through which we flow light, through which eternal life can flow. So, even saints, when we're going to be coming together for a meeting, when we're coming together, don't don't just come. Oh yeah, I've, I've been to thousands of Lord's tables. You know, it's all good. No, we need to be in life. You know, we're the living members of the body of Christ. This is the church of the living God. Uh, And if we want to represent God, if we want to express what God is, we have to be absolutely not in death and absolutely in life. So may may this whole conference and this this kind of vision of the tree of life just stay with us and and govern us uh, in our church life and be the primary factor. Uh, And may we be on this line, on this line of life um, that flows us all the way into the new Jerusalem.